Bibles, if you'll go ahead and open up to 1 Corinthians this morning, 1 Corinthians, and I believe uh, what I'm going to share today is going to tie into everything that God has been speaking so far this year in 2018. We spoke on a series about goals, amen, awesome series, awesome series, I was very pleased with that, amen. And then God's kind of been speaking to us about uh, coming back to our first love and, and just really falling in love with Jesus again, amen, more passionately than ever, amen. And, and, and so all these things are kind of, I believe, tying in. God is tying them all in, amen. And, and that's what's so awesome about it whenever the Lord is the one that's uh, putting together these messages and putting these uh, things, you know, on the hearts of these ministers. We got many awesome ministers here. Amen. Awesome preachers. And I'm very grateful for that. And, but a, a couple of Wednesdays before, uh, last Wednesday, by the way, we had an awesome blessing for Valentine's Day. If you weren't here, you missed it. Bobby and Bobby, amen, uh, ministered to us. Amen. Uh, as uh, uh, and, and what's the name of the ministry? The Praying Bikers. Amen. Come on, and they did a wonderful job. Let's give the Lord a hand, praise for that. And so, and so, uh, but the week before on a Wednesday, I had shared a message, and and the message was, "Don't stop short. Don't stop short." Amen. And I was talking about. Don't stop short of your blessing. Don't stop short of your deliverance. Don't stop short of your healing. Don't stop short of your victory. Those were my four points. Amen. Amen. And, 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 and I was using an example of, of a king uh, that had come to the prophet of Elisha. Amen. He said, what do I do? The armies are right before me. They're all over the place. Amen. And, 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 I, and you know, I don't know what to do. Of course, he goes to the man of God. The man of God gives him some instructions. And he... Follow, begins to follow the instructions, but he stops in, in the middle. And as a result, every time he had followed the instructions of the man of God, which was to take, amen, first shoot the arrow of victory, amen, and then take the arrows and hit them on the ground. And every time he would hit them on the ground, amen, the victory would be won, boom, amen. And when he'd hit, the, hit on the ground, the victory would be won, boom. And, and he did that three times. And the prophet, amen, Elisha got mad. Because he stopped at three, and, and if he would have continued going forth a fifth or a sixth time and doing what God had told him to do, he would have completely conquered the, that enemy, not only for a short period of time, but forever. And, and, and I was sharing about that. Don't stop too short, because there's some things that God wants to accomplish and conquer in your life, and he wants to do it forever. Amen. He wants to do it forever. There's some things he wants to do. I mean, you know, he wants to do it. Amen. Forever. Praise God. There's some challenges, some battles, some, some things that you've been encountering in your life. Maybe some, some, th- some areas that, you know, you've just been struggling with personally. And God wants to give you victory over those forever. Amen. And so I want to kind of, so all this ties in. Amen. Goals ties in. Loving Jesus ties in. Not stopping short ties in. And so here I am. God put this uh, on my heart to speak about something today. And so let's go ahead and jump off into the scripture in 1 Corinthians in chapter 9 this morning. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to start in the 24th verse. And we're going to see what Paul here has to say to the church of Corinth this morning. Amen. And what he has to say to the church of Victory Life this morning. Can I get an amen? All right. Here we go. He says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run? But only one receives the prize. He says, run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, somebody say therefore. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. And I box in such a way as not beating the air. But I discipline my body and make it my slave. So that after I have preached to others, 
Now, I, I, I live by this verse right here because I remember so many times I preach and I'm preaching to myself, you know what I'm saying? And, and I've got to do this very thing that Paul's talking about right here. <laughs> but after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Let's pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for all these beautiful people. I thank you, Father. They, I can just I see beauty all over them this morning, God. Because your presence is all over them. And so, Father, I just thank you for this time together. I thank you for this word. Lord, anoint it, Father God. Let it be something that can, we can apply to our lives and to carry us forward as we're just going forward. You're doing great things in this season. Oh, my Lord. You're doing awesome, mind-blowing things. And, Father, it's all you. It's all you. We give you the glory. But we need you, Jesus. So, Father, I just ask you to forgive us for all of our sins. Wash us, cleanse us, and cover us in your son's precious blood. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand praise. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So here we are. God put this on my heart to share with you all this morning. And, uh, it, and I believe it's going to turn into a series. Amen. And uh, the series is Finishing Strong. Somebody say Finishing Strong. Finishing Strong. And what we're going to kind of begin to focus on here in part one of this series is four essentials to finishing well. Are y'all with me today? You know, whenever we look at uh, Paul, Paul begins to speak about the Christian life and the Christian walk as a race. In fact, we know in Hebrews in chapter 12, he begins to say and speak about, amen, that there's such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us that are watching from the grandstands. Praise the Lord. All those Amen. Men and women of faith. Amen. Those heroes of faith. Maybe you have some heroes in your life that have gone to be with the Lord. Amen. And amen. There were people you looked up to. But he says, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, he says that we are called to run the race that's been set before us. Amen. Because God set the race before you. The Bible says that he orders the steps of a righteous man. And so he's talking about, amen, the race that's been set before us. And he says, amen, of course, he goes on to talk about how we need to remove the things that so, the sin that so easily entangles us and hinders us, amen. But he says, we've got to run this race with perseverance and endurance, amen, he says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, amen, because the only way you're going to be able to accomplish this race is fixing your eyes on Jesus, amen, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Amen. Considering the fact that the Lord endured so much through his life. Are y'all with me today? And the things that he accomplished. You know, I, I want to share with you a nugget real quick. Because real, a lot of times we're real good at starting some things. But we're not always real good at finishing some things. You know. I, I just want to let you know when it comes to the victory home, that, that's, uh, that, uh, that could almost be our motto, amen, but I don't want to speak that over us. Are y'all with me today? But that's not only for them in, the, in ministry, it's for us in church too. Hello, somebody. We're real good at starting some things, but we're not always the best at finishing some things. Are y'all with me today? And so Paul begins to talk about the, the Christian life as being a, 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 like a race. And he's talking about how I, I run this race that's been set before me, amen, not just aimlessly, but I'm aiming to, for a specific target. Hello. And I spoke about that in my goal series, amen. And, and, and so, he, but he's talking about the importance of this race. Are y'all with me? In Hebrews 12, he talks about it as a race that's been set before you. In this scripture in 1 Corinthians, he talks about it as a race that's been set before you. And if you remember the scripture where he is enchained in prison, and he says, I've fought the good fight, amen, I've kept the faith, hello somebody, amen, and I've accomplished, amen, the race. Are y'all with me today? 
So a lot of times we're good at starting the race, but we're not always good at finishing it. Now, I want you to look at this for a minute, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But when we're starting a race, everything is good, and it feels good, and we're excited, and we've got energy, and we've got focus, and we've got motivation, amen, and we've got direction. Hello, somebody. But there's something that begins to happen when we get a little further down into it, amen, and, 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 and I don't know if any of you are ever runners in here, but this is, for those that are runners in, in, in endurance running, they call it uh, about halfway through the race where you hit something called the wall. And that wall is where all of a sudden you're about halfway through, you've realized that, amen, okay, I've accomplished this already, but I've got, amen, the same amount of distance as what I just went through that I've still got to accomplish in order to finish. And that's when your body begins to get fatigued and you begin to get tired. Hello, somebody. And you begin to have to persevere a little bit. Hello. And you have to endure a little bit. And you've got to, you know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, it kind of shifts to where it's no longer just, uh, you know, about feeling good and about excited. But now it's taking a little bit of work. See, I want you to look at something today because, amen, we focus on the start, and, and it's important that we focus on the start. But Paul's saying this. He's saying it's not the most important thing how you start. He says it is important that you do start, especially if it's something good for God. But he's saying it's not always the most important how you start, but it's the most important how you finish. Are y'all with me today? Now, I want that to be a word of encouragement for somebody today. Amen. Because if you've had a rough start, it's okay. Amen. God ain't worried about how you started. God's worried about how you're going to finish. Are you? He ain't worried about what you've done wrong or right. He's worried about what you're going to do from now on. Hello, this is the day when you move forward, amen. The past is in the past. Amen. It's behind you, and you're moving forward. Are y'all with me today? God is good, amen? Somebody say, we're moving forward. But I mean, I want us to look at this, and I want, us to, I want to share a couple of examples real quick that I personally came up with when it comes to things that we start well, but we don't always finish well. You know, some things that I kind of looked at in, in regards to ministry that I'm uh, around and experience, you know, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, maybe it's allowing accountability in our life. God's beginning to give us revelation. He began to reveal some things to our life. He began to show us, amen, how an area in our life needs to kind of be adjusted. And we need to implement some things and um, boundaries, hello, or some strategy or some, some things to protect us. And, and, and so maybe God is, uh, you know, you're open to allowing accountability in your life. Amen. And you start well with it, but before you know it, you know, you kind of fall off and, you know, you're back to doing the same thing you were doing before. Or maybe it's your prayer or fellowship with God, amen. Maybe your New Year's resolution was that you would pray and you would seek God and spend time with God, amen. And that was what you were going to focus on for 2018, amen. And you started well, but something began to fall off. Hello, somebody. Or maybe it was your sacrificing for God. You know what? I'm going to sacrifice for God this year. Are y'all with me? Or maybe it was somebody that's journaling. Maybe journaling is your thing. I'm going to start journaling this year. I'm going to start writing in my journal. Amen. Or maybe it was serving. You know what? God really put it on my heart to help serve in the church. To be a blessing. Are y'all with me today? Or maybe it was working on your marriage. You know, that's one I've been uh, guilty of. God says, look, you, you got to work on your marriage. I start working on it, amen, all of a sudden things get to where they're manageable, and what do I do? Quit doing what I was doing to make it work. I'm trying to help somebody out here this morning. <laughs> Are y'all with me today? Amen, and that's what happens because a lot of times, amen, pain or discomfort or challenges will wake us up and it'll create us to do something different, you know? 
You got a little bit of, uh, you know, resistance or you got a little bit of, you know, whatever it may be. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, you got my attention. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm doing, willing to do whatever you tell me to do, God. <laughs> Amen. And then all of a sudden we go back to that part where all of a sudden that, that little discomfort isn't there no more. Or that challenge isn't there. Come on now. I know I'm not the only one that has this problem in my life. It's unfortunate that pain is, is, a, is, is a motivator, but unfortunately it is. Pain and discomfort will motivate you to do something different. <laughs> now, we've got to get to a point to where our lives, where us as mature and disciplined Christians, we don't have to have pain in order to be able to do what it is that we need to do. But even Paul was one that had to. Amen. He had a thorn in his side. Hello, somebody. He had some kind of thorn in his side that kept him in check. Hello, somebody. To be who he needed to be because God was pouring out such great revelation on his life, he had to have something to keep him aligned and humbled. Are y'all with me today? Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to have to live off of pain, amen, in order to do the right thing. There's got to come to a point where I'm doing the right thing because I, I learned from that other thing. I always said, you know, there's some people that learn from others and there's some people that learn because by bumping their head. Well, I, I don't know about you, but I want to be one now that's starting to learn from others because my head hurts because I've been bumping it a whole lot, even in Christianity, even as a pastor and a minister. You know, I'm one of those ones I had to learn everything the hard way. I always tell them, you're either going to get trained, you're going to get equipped in this thing, and you can do what God's called you to do, amen, or you're going to go through the school of Christ, and God's going to train you and equip you, amen, and, and you're going to learn the hard way with everything. Well, that was me. Are you all with me today? I remember whenever I got launched out, I got my pastor's blessing to go and open up a church and a home, amen, and my pastor was, <coughs> was still connected with another fellowship, and, and the fellowship was in a way to where the only way that we could be a part of that fellowship is if we went through their academy, amen, with, through, their, through, their, through their seminary. That was the only way, amen. There was no other way than that. And so, and, and so I, couldn't, I didn't have my, my pastor's help for the first three years of ministry. Are y'all with me today? Amen. But God is good. Are y'all with me? Amen. So, and so you're either going to learn it from other people or you're going to learn it from uh, you know, from God, God will teach you, Amen. And sometimes it's and, and, if it, and sometimes it's not always the easiest. Are y'all with me today? But I want I want to stay on on topic here, Amen. You know, and I was talking about how sometimes working on our marriage or our relationship, we start well and we don't. We then we know when once the pain's gone, we stop. Or, you know, or, or how about starting a diet, Amen, and exercising. Hello, I know a lot of us have started well with that and fin didn't finish too well. Amen. Are y'all with me? Somebody say the victory is mine. <laughs> Come on now. Keep fighting. It's going to happen. <laughs> now, I want to give you a personal example of something because this is why Paul is saying that it's real important not only how we start. And realistically, I was thinking about calling this sermon series, Amen, Start Strong, Finish Stronger. Start strong, finish stronger. Amen. But Paul is talking about the importance of uh, the finish. The Bible says that those who endure to the end shall be saved. Now, real quick, I want to give you an example of something. And, and I believe that this is, uh, happened in my life recently. And I'll use my own life example. But I believe this can be, reflect how we are sometimes in, in, in different areas of our life. I, I began to take on coaching the soccer team. I coached the soccer team this past season. I usually coach for the last three or four years, uh, you know, uh, a soccer team, usually a younger group. And, and it, just, it just so happened to be girls the last few years. Amen? Because I have a few girls. Praise God. Amen? And so anyways, I coached this soccer team, and by the grace of God, I, I usually have help by some of the women in the home that have a, a little athletic ability because I can't move like I used to. And, you know, they, they, got, they got enough to know what they're doing. And so anyways, we start coaching the soccer team, and I'm the type of person, I want to do it the best. And so, you know, and not only do I want to do it the best, but I want to bless the people 
Because realistically, my goal is not just to coach a soccer team and to guide these little girls, amen, but my goal is to impact them with the gospel of Jesus Christ and impact the community with the love of God. And so I commit to do this, and I'm going forward, and I'm coaching this soccer team, and we're doing great, and, I, and God puts it on my heart, hey, uh, you know, to, to offer to buy the jerseys. You know what? We're going to buy the jerseys, amen? I'm going to buy the, sh the shirts. I'm going to buy the shorts. And if you don't, in fact, I even say, look, if you need to and you need some help with cleats or whatever, let us know, you know, because we don't want kids to not be able to play because they're not in a position financially, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and so, so here we are. We buy the jerseys. Now, I don't know about you, but if I had a coach that was offering to buy the jerseys, that'd probably, you know, that'd be a good first impression, and then all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying, I, we would coach and, the, the, and, and, and we would have good practices and we'd be winning and doing this and that and so forth and just having a good year of soccer. And then all of a sudden, towards the end, I got completely covered up with ministry and challenges. And one of the girls leaves the home and the other one leaves or whatever the ministry. Amen. And I am just immersed in things that I had to do in my life, amen, because, you know, balance is taking care of whatever the need is, right? And all of a sudden, I began to neglect this soccer team towards the end of the season. Now, by the grace of God, you know, we, we completed the season, but we, there was a game that had been rescheduled, and I forgot to call the players. So all the players show up, amen, and I knew that the game was rescheduled, the other team knew the game was rescheduled, but my players didn't. And they're all sitting over at a field like this, amen, with their parents. And then they, I get a call, hey, what's going on? We're here. Where's everybody at? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, amen. <laughs> and so this happens not, another time, something similar to that happened. You know what I mean? And something got confused and whatever, whatever, whatever. And I was so busy that I could not even take care of the proper focus of that and then it turns out normally what i try to do is like have the trophies and then like a in a, in a in a party and like really like one year i took them all to chuck e cheese and we just had a great time and it was a blessing because i'm trying to bless these people and win them over with the gospel that's the goal amen sometimes you got to reach them in the natural in order to reach them in the spiritual and so i was reaching them in the natural in order to reach them in the spiritual amen with the gospel that was the goal but the fact that, and, and, and so here we are, got so busy, this, that, and the other, all of a sudden we have no pizza party, amen, we don't give out their trophies, their trophies are sitting in my room for like two and a half months. <laughs> now give you by this, I'm like, oh man, these, and these people are, now they went from being blessed to being mad <laughs> like what the kind of guy is this unreliable less us hanging on the field keeping our kids trophies <laughs> no this is a real situation so here I am trying to be a blessing they, they done forgot about the fact that I ever bought any jerseys. They could care less. They would have rather given me the 30 bucks any day of the week than have to deal with what they're dealing with now. So I started real strong, but my finish wasn't strong. Are you all with me today? God is good, amen? You know, when each of us can think of a situation where, you know, we don't always finish what we start. You know, chances are I'm not alone in this. Are you all with me today? Amen. We don't always finish what we start. You know, and we have these unfinished tasks that are lying around. Amen. Maybe it's a half-read book or, you know what I'm saying, maybe it's a project that's half done or a letter that's half written. Amen. But we all know that it is one thing to start something. Amen. It is quite another to complete it. You know, and like I shared before, the start is easy. Hello. Somebody say it's easy. To start is easy, amen, but to end takes sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. 
It takes some sacrifice. Are y'all with me? And, and, and every marathon runner can, can, can attest to that. They can speak on that behalf, right? And the start feels good, amen, but to end requires every drop of sweat, every bit of strength, amen. And it requires not just from us, not just time, but perseverance, patience, endurance, and discipline. Somebody say discipline. Now, Paul, when he's talking there in Corinthians, he begins to speak about this race. And then he begins to speak about how, you know, when he's running this race, he disciplines or buffets his body in a way so that he won't be disqualified when he preaches. Now, I'm going to tell you this right now. Your whole lifestyle is preaching. Not just getting behind this pulpit is preaching, but your whole lifestyle is preaching. And Paul says, hey, man, I buffet my body. I discipline my body, amen, so that uh, whenever I preach, I'm not disqualified. See, some of us need to grab a hold of that today and buffet our body and our actions and our flesh. And that way, amen, we can make the impact that we want to make in the community and the people around us, amen, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are y'all with me today? And that's what Paul's saying. Hello. God is good, amen. So I want to talk to you today about four essentials to finishing well. Amen? Because the start is one thing, but the finish is another. Amen? The start is one thing, but the finish is another. And Paul is speaking about the importance of the finishing. You finish the race that's been set before you. You run it. You complete it. Are y'all with me today? God is good. Amen? And so I want to speak to you just a little bit today about this. If you would, go with me real quick to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4. I want to give you an example of something. Here we are. We're talking about Paul was writing this letter to Timothy right here. And this is the time whenever Paul was in chains and shackles. Paul thought that at this point in time, Paul thought, amen, that pretty much this was it. Amen. He was going to be facing his uh, destiny of death for preaching the gospel, amen, as he's locked in chains. And he begins to speak to, to and write this letter to his, uh, his mentoree, uh, Timothy, amen. And so 2 Timothy 4 and 10, if you'll put that up there real quick, son, I would really appreciate it. God is good, Amen. Actually, can you go back to 6? I apologize, and we're going to run through 10. We're going to, amen. Praise the Lord. Here we go. He says, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. Somebody needs to get excited right there. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Somebody say, on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Next verse. Make every effort to come to me soon. Now look at this. This is right here. I want you to see this. For Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Cretans has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Amen. Now, I want to stop right there for just a moment and look at this, okay? Because here we are. We have two men who had ministered together the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are y'all with me? You got Paul and you got Demas. 
Amen. And if I'm pronouncing that wrong, forgive me later. You've got a mentor and you've got a mentoree. Hello, somebody. Now, one of these men endured and finished the race and was looking forward to the crown of righteousness. Hello. Are y'all with me? Now, on the flip side, the other man is one that actually ended up quitting in the middle and burnt off or peeled off. Hello. Or left the will of God. Mm. Now, I want to share the first word. Two men that were ministering the gospel together. Two men, amen, that were preaching and doing ministry and going forth. Hello, somebody. Are y'all with me today? God is good, amen. God is good. Now, we don't really know exactly what finally happened to Demas, okay? The Bible doesn't say. And we don't know whether he ever repented or not. But the scripture ends with the fact that Demas, amen, was in love with the present world. Amen. And Paul says, amen, having loved this present world, this is what he says, he deserted me. (laughs) Now, this is a man that started real good. I believe that when Demas started preaching and when he started doing ministry and when he started uh, serving and when he started going forth and answering the call that was upon his life, I believe that he never had the intention of walking away. I believe that he never had the plan that he was going to peel off or burn off or desert Paul, amen, and go back to the world, amen, to Thessalonica, hello somebody, to quit preaching the gospel, amen. But the Bible says that there was something that was creating it, and it was said this man had a love for the world. Are y'all with me today? God is good, amen. <laughs> now in Philemon in verse 20 in chapter 24 Paul calls Demas a fellow worker along with Mark amen so in other words it clearly states right there that he was walking side by side they were laboring together are y'all with me amen he says that he was a fellow worker but Demas apparently a promising young man with a promising future yet as far as we know he didn't make it to the end He started strong, but he didn't finish strong. Are y'all with me today? God is good. And so when we think about this is actually a sobering thought. Amen. Are y'all with me? This is a sobering thought concerning this. Amen. Because even for those of us who are older, because as the, amen, you know, when we look at this, amen, you know, the Bible says this, amen. The Bible says that uh, you can't love the world. The Bible says that you're in the world, but you're not of the world. Hello. Are y'all with me? And so realistically, this is why the Bible says that you've got to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. Amen. And you've got to love your neighbor as yourself. Because even if Demas was resisting the things of the world. Amen. And he wasn't participating in the things of the world. If his heart was still in the world, it would still pull him back. See, that's why God wants all your heart. Are y'all with me today? Now, we've been talking about this, amen, going back to your first love. We've been talking about loving God with all your heart. So my first point up here, amen, when it comes to essentials, amen, essentials for finishing well, the first thing is that you've got to have some daily communion with God. You've got to have some daily communion, some focused, personal communion with the Heavenly Father. Are y'all with me today? This is a foundation that has to happen. Amen. 
in our lives. See, Demas didn't just wake up one day and make a 90-degree turn. Amen? That doesn't happen. But Demas drifted little by little towards the attraction of the world. And if you and I don't practice this daily focus time of communion with God, we're going to find ourselves also drifting the wrong direction. So it's essential for us, amen, that we have this daily communion. Now, I want to share an example. Amen. Has anybody ever been in the Navy in here? Praise God. We got a Navy guy. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, the Navy has something that's called global positioning satellites. And they're used to get navigational position. Amen. And this is something in the Navy that they do twice a day. Not once, but twice. And so when they do this uh, navigational position, amen, they use these global positioning satellites in order to be able to clarify where they're at at that specific point so that they're not drifting off of course. Are y'all with me today? Amen. And so at dawn and at dusk, hello, they would do what they call shoot the stars. Somebody say shoot the stars. And they would get a position Amen. And invariably, after having done that, they would make a minor course correction. Hello. Are y'all with me today? After they shot the stars, after they would engage in this positional satellite, amen, uh, 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 deal, then it would tell them their coordinates, amen, and they would, if they were off course, they would, they would uh, adjust it slightly. Hello. Are y'all with me today? And after having done that, it would, it would only take a minor correction. Now, I want you to realize this. If they, obviously, if they didn't do that, not only daily, but twice a day, if they didn't do it at dusk and at dawn, hello, somebody, are y'all with me today? They would find soon that they would be way off course. Now, I want you to look at this for a moment because your daily communion with God is your positioning satellite to see where you are positioned at that time. And if you go, amen, maybe a a day or a few days or a week or a month, my Lord... You're going to find yourself way off track before you know it. And you're going to feel like, how in the world did I end up here? So when you have daily communion with God, amen, it's just beginning to give you and reveal to you your position so that you can make some minor corrections. Hello, somebody. And that's why it's important for us as men and women of God to spend time with God in his presence, at his feet, seeking his face, amen, seeking his word, amen, seeking Jesus daily, amen, not just once, amen, but sometimes twice or three times or four times or five times or whatever you need. Are y'all with me today? Come on, I'm preaching to somebody in this place today. So if you feel like you're a little off course, you might want to check and see how often that you're checking your positioning through your daily communion with God. Because if you're not spending time with God daily, multiple times a day, you're going to find yourself out of line and out of position. Because we're messed up. Our thinking is messed up. Hello. Our flesh is creaming. See, this is essential in your life in order to finish this thing out. Demas started it, but he didn't finish it. He might have not been finding out his position. Hello. He was busy doing ministry and busy serving and busy working and busy laboring, but he wasn't getting in communion with God to make sure that things were in line. And all of a sudden, maybe something started happening in his heart. 
Are y'all with me today? God is good, amen? The Lord is good. Psalms 42 and 1 says this. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. He's saying, as a deer pants for water. Now, you know, I, I, I used, in Florida, I'm from Florida. Amen. I'm, I'm a Texan all the way. Now, I love Texas. Amen. I love Texas. I, I'm, not, I'm not in love with the Cowboys, but I love Texas. But I don't hate the Cowboys. You know, I'm just not like my pastor where I'm going to build a smoker that's going to have Cowboys. Stuff. I ain't going to do all that. But I'll come enjoy his. But in Florida, we hunt deer with dogs. Okay, and, and so the reason why we hunt deer with dogs is because they got the Everglades and they got all this thick brush and everything else. And it's like really thick in there. And so it's hard to be able to see a deer. We're here in Texas. Y'all just feed it like Bambi all year long. You know, you pet it sometimes. You, you named it. You know what I'm saying? Hello. And then when he pulls up there to eat, y'all, you know, put a bullet in him. That's Texas hunting. All right, I'll lay off. I'll lay off. <laughs> I'm, I'm, to, I'm a Texan. It took me 10 years to transfer from a Floridian to Texas. But I'm die-haired Texas. I wouldn't go back to Florida for nothing. There ain't nothing there for me, I promise you. <laughs> Amen. I love Texas. I love it. Amen. Now, I had to learn that whole thing that that sign said, don't mess with Texas. That took me about 10 or 12 years to figure that part out. But once I figured that out, I love Texas. Amen. They, they say you come here on, on, on vacation and you leave on probation. That's what they say. But I'm glad to be in a state where they stand up for something. Hello. Are y'all with me today? Where they stand up for the things that God stands up for. And I don't even want to go into any, I don't want to go into any details. I don't want to make nobody too mad right now because I got a little more to preach and I want you to hear what I got to say. But y'all know what I'm talking about. Hello. So anyways, and they would, we would hunt these deer, but we were hunting with dogs and the dogs would run the deer and those deer would full blast, you know what I'm saying? And you'd run it out and you'd make a circle around there with, with people. Like men would be posted at each spot. And they would wait for that deer to come out. And when they did, poof, you know what I'm saying? So you'd have to be a good shot because that deer was on the move. But those deer would get tired because those dogs would run them. They have something called a walker hound. A walker is like a, a large beagle. It's got long legs. And that sucker can run like a deer. Amen. And so these deer, he's saying here, as a deer pants for flowing water, as a deer pants for water, after them walker hounds are chasing them. <laughs> so pants my soul for you, O God. For my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Are y'all with me today? You know, another one that David said in Psalms 27 and 4. He said, amen. One, one thing that I've asked the Lord that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. The beauty of the Lord is not physical beauty, hello. But it's the beauty of his attributes. It's the beauty of his cross. Are y'all with me today? It's the beauty of what he has done for us in Christ Jesus. Are y'all with me today? But the psalmist said this. He said, I just want to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Sometimes we've got to get to where we just want to gaze upon the Lord, where our soul thirsts for Jesus like a deer pants for water. We've got to have that communion. If you want to finish this race, amen, if you want to not, you know, not be pulled to the world, if you want to not get off course, hello, this has got to become your life. That's what God, what Jesus was talking about in Revelation, in chapter 2, amen, talking about return to your first love. We've got to have that, and it can't just be whenever things get tough, and we all of a sudden, we go to, the, you know, God, and that's good. Man, thank you, Jesus, for trials. I'm not the only one. Sometimes, man, whenever I'm going through the most of my life, that's when I'm the closest to God, and that's when I preach the best messages to God. 
Are y'all with me? I preached my best sermons when I was going through the worst stuff in my whole life. And I had the greatest intimacy with God going through some of the most difficult times. That's why he says, count it all my joy, my brother, when you encounter various trials. Thank you, Jesus. If it creates me to seek Jesus, I guess that's what it is. You know, I know through my lifestyle of drug addiction and whatever, me going south as a child. Amen. And, you know, it created my father to seek the Lord. Amen. It created my father to seek the Lord. And I know that blessed his life. And when it got to a point where I was tired of sick and tired of being sick and tired in my life, guess what? It created me to seek the Lord. Hello, somebody. And I always tell the folks, I say, look, I'm not, I don't look back and regret what I did. I mean, yeah, I hurt people and I abused people and I abused myself and I, you know, I wasted a little bit of time, but I don't regret it. How would I minister to anybody else if I ain't been through something myself? I'm here to tell you God's going to take it and going to use it for good. I'm here to tell you that today. Somebody needs to, I mean, don't worry about what happened. Don't worry about what you've been through. Amen. And you may not even been used through that addiction, but you were walking through it with somebody. But that's okay. God's going to use that for you to minister to some uh, lady that needs a, a word about her son or her daughter. Are y'all with me today? God is so good. Amen. Amen. My next point, amen, so I can move on. We have to have a daily appropriation of the gospel. A daily devotion of the gospel. Are you all with me today? This is the second essential, amen, in our lives. Hello, somebody. You know, you know that means that is that I begin my time with God by reviewing and appropriating to myself the gospel. Hello. I begin to look at the word of God, amen, and I begin to look at it concerning my life. Are y'all with me today? You know, that's one thing I love about the word. You know, God don't ever leave us in a spot where we don't have a solution. He gave us the Bible, his basic instructions before leaving earth, and every single answer, every single solution, every single amen thing to readjust our course and everything else is right there. I'm, that's why I lo- I'll tell you right now, I love to go to a church where I can sit in the pew, amen, and I can get a Holy Ghost-filled message that brings all sorts of conviction on my life, and I walk out of there saying, man, I messed up, but I know my God can fix me. No, I don't want to come to church service and leave out of there with no conviction. You know, some people don't like conviction. If there's conviction in the church, they leave because they don't want to change. But I want to change. I want to become better. I know that without God, I'm nothing. Amen. I'm messed up. My decisions are messed up. Are y'all with me today? Some of you need to consider this message today. Amen. Hello, some of you started well. You started strong. But the question is, is how are you going to finish? How are you going to finish this thing? For those of you in the home, you've started, amen, your covenant well, amen. How are you going to finish this thing? You know, it always, I'm going to speak about the home for a minute, and, and I'm, you know, it's what always baffled me, man. People come in here, they grab a hold of Jesus, they catch on fire, they're praising God, they're doing whatever, they're obedient, they do whatever they need to do, amen. They're submissive, amen, and they're going forward. You see them growing leaps and bounds and, and taking, you know what I'm saying? One month is like five years, amen, and their growth process and all this stuff, and, and you know, and they're moving forward, and then, you know, and, and, and then they're falling in love with Jesus, and then, you know, you get to about nine months or so, and all of a sudden, man, it's like... Where's that fire and that passion and that obedience and stuff? It just blows my mind. I tell them, you need to leave this place in this, in this ministry. You know what I'm saying? It's stronger than when you started this thing. You need to be in love with Jesus even more. You need to be obeying even more. You need to be praying even more. You need to be worshiping even more. You need to be fired up even more about the gospel. Hello. And I look at the new believers and they're all on fire. And I look at the older guys and they look pitiful. 
And that's because they got to run in that race. And all of a sudden, it's not just good and fun all of a sudden. And they're having to persevere. And they're having to endure. And they're having to encounter attacks. And they're having to deal with their flesh. And they're having to, uh, the world has a drawl on them. And they're hearing a, a job calling them. And they're hearing a woman calling them. And they're hearing a, a, a house calling them. And a car calling them. And all of a sudden, amen, it just it begins to come and just soaks up everything. Now, I don't mean to be telling the home's business in church. You know, I always tell them, this is, hey, we're a family. Amen. And, and family business stays in the family. Now, we're not going to abuse you. We're not going to you know, hurt you or nothing else. But family business, family. We don't go tell family business all across the whole world. You don't do it. You just don't. You know what I'm saying? You got problems with your child? You, you know what I'm saying? You, okay, we're going to deal with this, address this. I don't need to go publicize this the whole, across the whole, you know, especially not out here in the country. My God. You know, a lady taught me something the other day. She's from Brownsboro, and she, I met her in Tyler, Texas. I was hanging out with my friend Casey Brockway, and this lady tells me, she says, everybody dies famous in a small town. I said, you sure right. So I just want you to know if you're living here now, you're, you're famous. There's people that know you. They don't even, you don't even know they know you. Yeah. Some of you were famous before, you know. The cops knew you. You didn't even know they knew you. Straight up. And they still know you, and you don't even know they know you. I promise you. Isn't that right, Zachariah? <laughs> oh, don't be freaking out on me, man. Don't run out of here. Hello. God, God is with you, man. God is good, amen. I'm glad God can let us laugh a little. We went and saw a comedian the other night. And she said, laughing brings healing. Laughing's good for the soul. And she made us laugh, didn't she? Boy, we were dying laughing. You know, some of it probably wasn't necessarily be a proper etiquette for a Sunday morning, but it was Saturday night, praise God. Are y'all with me? <laughs> That's what I tell them, I used to make a joke, all right, you know, if something happened, you know, and they, you, you act a certain way, they say, I thought you were the pastor. Man, I'm only the pastor on Wednesdays and Sundays, this ain't the pastor, it's Raymond. Which is, that's false doctrine, by the way, so. That's, that's not good, that's not good, good doctrine, that's not good teaching. You need to live this thing out day to day, moment to moment. If you're a pastor, you're a pastor wherever you are. Hello. And you need to live like it, act like it, and what? <laughs> Don't disqualify yourself. God is good, Amen. All right, I'm going to share my next point because I know we got somewhere to be. Amen. Los Pinos gets packed early. Man, I'll tell you what, that's the best Mexican restaurant I've ever eaten. That's the best Mexican food I've eaten probably in my whole life. No? Hey, it's, it's like, you know, it's like once you get a taste for something, that's just what it is. I'll put it up. I'll put their hot sauce up against anybody's hot sauce in the whole world, even Zacharias almost. Now, Zachariah can make some good hot sauce, they say. I don't know. He gave me a whole jar of it and took it back, so I don't know if it's any good or not. <laughs> I told him he's going to have his own company one day, man. He's going to be selling hot sauce. Come on. And he, what, what is it called? What's it called? Holy fire or something? Holy fire. Holy smoke. Holy fire. Hot sauce. All right. Our next verse, our next point. Essentials for finishing is daily commitment as a living sacrifice. Are you all with me? You know, in the use of the word sacrifice, Paul was obviously drawing uh, from the Old Testament sacrificial system, amen? And those sacrifices are set forth for us, in, in, you know, in the book of Leviticus, and, and all of them together portray one great sacrifice of the Lord 
Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's why when you look at it in Hebrews 12, he says, fix your eyes on Jesus in order to run this race. Because it's going to take some sacrifice. And sometimes we start out sacrificing real well. Hello. We sacrifice our free time to dig in the word. We sacrifice, uh, you know, some time to pray with our, some sleep to pray with our loved one or whatever, pray period, our men, or to come serve, or, you know, on our day off, our only day off, amen, and we're exhausted, we've been working hard all week, and, you know, we sacrifice to come up here for a building project on a Saturday, or we come to an outreach event, amen, that's, that's a sacrifice, I, you know, if you work five, six days a week and you're exhausted, you know, you coming and giving your, you know, two hours of free time, you know, for the Lord, that's, that's tough, you know, I mean, realistically, you know, sometimes we just want to crash out, <laughs> just pass out. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, and so here we are in this sacrifice. So whether uh, or not Paul had in mind a particular sacrifice, amen, one of them I think helps us best understand what Paul's saying when he says to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, amen, and that is the burnt offering, and the burnt offering helps us understand what Paul's saying because two things were unique about the burnt offering, I'm going to share this with you. First of all, all of the animal offerings, amen, burnt offering was the only one in which the entire animal was consumed upon the altar. The entire animal, amen. And with the others, only certain portions were burned on the altar. Now, he says to be a, a, a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Are you all with me today? And so the remaining portions were, you know, in these certain sacrifices where they only did, were reserved for the priest or even in one case for the uh, offerer and his family, amen. But the burnt offering, the entire animal was consumed upon the altar, amen. And for that reason, it was called the whole burnt offering, and it signified not only atonement for sin, but also consecration or dedication of the offerer to God, amen. And so whenever you are living sacrifice... Amen. And you've got to, he wants you to sacrifice everything. The whole offering. The whole burnt offering. Amen. And he wants you to not only for the for the for the fact sacrifice and the aspect of for the amen uh, for, for the sins and, and, and but also for 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 God is good. Amen. Y'all hang with me for just a second, okay? For the atonement for sin, but also for consecration and dedication. Somebody say dedication. dedication. Amen. And so the priests on duty were to present a burnt offering twice a day in the morning and in the evening so that the fire would not go out upon the altar. There's that twice a day again. There's something powerful about that. Are y'all with me today? And so, uh, you know, there's always a burnt offering being consumed upon the altar. And so for that reason, it's been called a continual burnt offering. And that's what Paul's saying. He says, you uh, are continually a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Amen. God is good. Amen. And so uh, when we're talking about the whole burnt offering, that would signify that we are to consecrate our entire body, not only ourselves, but all that we have. And everything about us, we are to consecrate and dedicate to God. Everything. Are y'all with me today? Amen. God is good, amen. I'm going to go ahead and jump forward because of time. But sometimes some of us, we start out as a living sacrifice. We start out consecrated and set apart. Amen. Now, when you accept Jesus in your life, you're spiritually consecrated. You're set apart. But you've got to consecrate yourself. You've got to dedicate yourself completely to Jesus. Are y'all with me? Amen. You know, there was something tugging upon Demas' life. There was something that began to come in in his life. My last point real quick, and I'm going to close with this, amen, but firm belief in the sovereignty and the love of God. Hello. The first essential is a firm belief, first of all, in the sovereignty, and second of all, in the love of God. Amen. 
And so this essential doesn't have the word daily in it, but it must be practiced continually. Hello. Because life is difficult, and most people would agree with that. All right, can I get an amen? amen? And if you've lived very long, you realize that life is difficult. Amen? A lot of times we deal with stuff, and it's even painful sometimes. And over time, you'll experience both difficulties and pain. So if you want to endure, if you want to finish this thing out, worship team, can you come forward? If you want to finish this race, hello. If you want to finish this race of, called Christian life, Amen. I'm, you're going to have to know, number one, that God is sovereign. Amen. Amen. Things happen to us. Amen. We go through stuff. We don't understand everything. I don't try to figure out everything. Amen. Now, I will evaluate situations, and I will try to see where I, my role was in it or what I could have done differently, right? I mean, realistically, let's just use it, for example, my father. My father... You know, he loved me, but his way of showing his love for me was to buy me stuff. I mean, he traveled all the time. He was trying to develop, I mean, you know, create an income so we could have stuff. He felt real bad because my parents got divorced. He felt horrible. Amen. And so as a result, he would buy me stuff. Amen. And then he was in denial about a lot that I was doing, but he would then just not discipline me concerning the situations that were coming forth in my life that needed to be disciplined and addressed you know what i'm saying and so uh because you know he had what love truly was confused are y'all with me amen and so i want you to look at that for a minute praise the lord i don't want to get off subject i want to grab a hold of whatever this is god's trying to say right now you can start playing whenever you want not too loud. And so, you know, my father could have done some things different. He could have done some things different. Right? Maybe he could have not had a traveling job and just worked locally and took a little less pay. And maybe we couldn't live so well. But realistically, he would have been there. He could have been there to raise me, to discipline me. You know, and... and, and, and he could have shared the gospel with me, taking me to church. My father knew Jesus. Amen. And so he may evaluate these things, right? Because, you know, well, look, now my son is, you know, my son is, uh, you know, on drugs. He's in jail. He's living his life. What did I do wrong? Right? We can evaluate some things sometimes. But realistically, you know, and I evaluate things sometimes. I evaluate, what, 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 what could I have done? Better? But there are some things that happen and we can't always control. And we can't always explain. Come on. somebody! If you're beating yourself up over something this morning, you need to let it go in Jesus' name. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. It, you need to leave it in the past. God wants to set you free this morning. He wants to, he wants to release that. It's, amen. Quit being condemned for it. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. None. None, 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 none. Amen. God's releasing you of it right now. You've got to release yourself. Amen. It's, it's released. But you've got to know that, you know, things happen, and, but God is still sovereign. He's in control. He is on his throne. Amen. And, um, and when things happen, that doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. Bad things happen to good people. It just does. The Bible says that it rains on the just and on the unjust. It rains on the just and the unjust. And that doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. That doesn't mean that God has, you know, is upset with you. Now, he disciplines us. And he, you know what I'm saying? He chastises us. But not all this is discipline. Hello. My dad could have done all these different things and, and realistically, I still could have gone to those drugs. I may not have been ready to accept Jesus in my heart at that young age. Hello. You know what I'm saying? And maybe instead of him buying me stuff, he could have 
disciplined me or showed me or taught me, you know. But, man, God is so good. You got to know that no matter what, man, God's in control. God loves you. Like I said before, if I hadn't gone through what I went through, I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing today. I wouldn't be passionate about Jesus in the way that I'm passionate about him today. I wouldn't be dedicating my life, amen, to help other people that have gone through the same thing that I've gone through to grab a hold of God if I hadn't been through nothing. God is sovereign. God is in control. Amen. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And he's working it all out for your good. He's working it all out for your good. He's working it all out. Amen. Your mistakes, he's using them for your good. Amen. Your faults, he's using them for your good. Your trials, he's using them for your good. And he loves you so much. He loves you so much. And he'll never stop loving you. God is good, amen. But he wants you to finish well. He wants you to finish strong. He wants you to finish. So keep going. Don't quit. You might right here be with that, you might hit, be hitting that wall right now, like that runner, that marathon runner. You're hitting that wall. You just keep pressing on. You just keep pressing on. You just keep pressing on. God's going to give you some Holy Ghost strength. He's going to give you some supernatural strength. He's going to give you some supernatural grace. He's going to carry you through. Just keep trudging. Just keep believing. Just keep going. Amen. you got to finish this race. You can't quit what you started. You can't stop now. There's no turning back now. You can't go back. Amen. you got to go forward. you got to do what he's called you to do. Oh, yes. He says he's going to make you to soar with eagle's wings. Amen. And when you run, you're not going to get tired. And when you walk, you're not going to grow weary. He's going to carry you through. He's going to carry you through. Somebody needs to receive that in this house today. Oh, yeah. Come on. Give the Lord a hand praise in this house. Hallelujah. Yes. So we got to finish strong. And I'm going to open up this altar. And an altar is where a man or woman meets God. And if you, if you want to finish this thing out, you come to this altar. Come to this altar. Maybe it's in, maybe it's in your walk. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your commitment. Maybe it's in your family. Come, come to this altar and let God do what he's going to do in your life. You got it, sister. Come on. Come on.